there anything worse than a dull blade? Well, yeah, lots of things, I guess. Poverty, war, not having a pair of gloves as you drive through the Rockies on the back of your buddy's scooter, only to find out when you arrive in Aspen that he's had an extra pair of gloves the whole time. I'm gonna kill you, Lloyd! Hey! Your hands are freezing! <laughs> Seriously, though, a dull blade is bad. It's unusable. In fact, it's downright dangerous. Knives need sharpening. From Whetstone Boys Ranch in Mountain View, Missouri, comes A Time to Sharpen, a bi-weekly podcast that examines how we can all be better versions of ourselves. Better teachers, better counselors, better parents, better people. We've all been stuck in the mud. Even Brandon, with his vast array of man skills, has found himself up to the axles in mud a time or two. Or maybe it's just the one time. My point is that it happens to the best of us. There is no shame in getting stuck. It happens to anyone who is out there trying to make things happen. It's what we do once we're stuck in the mud that matters. Get down on ourselves, wallow in it, pretend it's not there, hit the accelerator as hard as we can in a frustrated and futile attempt to get out, None of these are good approaches to mud, but it's safe to say we've all given them a shot in one way or another. Join us this week on A Time to Sharpen as we discuss strategies for getting unstuck with your teenager. And remember, this is a judgment-free zone, so don't be embarrassed if you're caked in mud at the moment. It'll wash off, and you'll be back on the road and better aware of how to keep from sinking in next time. Welcome back to A Time to Sharpen. This is Axel Limita. I'm here with Brandon Maxwell again. Hey, man. How's hey, Brandon. it going? It's going good. Way over here on my side of the room. Yeah. Got our light going on. Got in our the nice... dark. Yeah, in the dark. Uh-huh. You always mess cave. with the, uh, the ambiance. You tweak it a little bit every time. Uh-huh. I like it. Yeah. You're, you... you're a tweaker. <laughs> I'm a tweaker. I'm a tweaker. Is that... Uh, I'll put that on my resume. Yeah. Esqu- Axel Lima to Esquire, comma tweaker. Probably carry some carry some different connotations depending on what decade you're yeah, in. Yeah, right? well, let's go with fine tuner. How's that? Yeah, that's, that's I'm better. a fine tuner instead yeah. of a tweaker. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, today we're here. We're gonna we're just gonna talk about mud. I'm just gonna jump right into it. Okay. Jump right into the mud? Or well, gonna... <laughs> not exactly, no. Because there's plenty of it out there. Exactly, which is what made me think about this topic today, is um, this is the season of, of perpetual mud. Yes. You've, you've mentioned that the summer is the season of perpetual itch. <laughs> yes. Well, in the Ozarks, January, February, March is the season of perpetual mud. And it's different than the mud I grew up in in Detroit. In Detroit, the mud... You you have opportunities to get into mud if you're on like construction sites or if you try and drive through a yard, but and people don't do that in metropolitan areas. They don't yeah. drive on lawns. Um, you know, if there is mud, it's 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 kind of thin. It's the bottom of it is concrete, so eventually you kind of are okay. But here, the mud just goes down and down and down, and you're up to your axles. Yeah, potentially. At least at some point you hit bedrock. There are, there is a lot of rock, but it seems like uh, it takes a while before you get yeah to that. And it just I don't know. We've we we've had an unusual cold here that caused ice, and then we had a bunch of rain that 
caused the mud and we had a couple of days where there's still ice on the road and then there's mud kind of on the edges and I don't know we've had some pretty interesting situations with some staff members trying to come into work and getting off on the side of the road just and, recently yeah <clears throat> you know getting getting into the ditch I know a few of us came in and were sliding mm-hmm. a few times trying to I mean, you know it's it's nothing to be <clears throat> I know when I get stuck <clears throat> or I have to call someone for help. I, I get a little embarrassed. I'm like, you know, I, sh- I should have known better or, you know, I, I, I don't want to admit I made a mistake or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of embarrassing, but uh, it happens to everyone. You know, you, you, get, you get to sliding or you don't anticipate that you have this much mud to go through. Or I know I was driving out to the cabin like a year or two ago and, <clears throat> uh, you know, you try and stay in the ruts around here you know, so that you don't create like multiple sets of ruts right. when you're on a farm. Cause it's, it looks ugly and it, when it's dry, it's, it's okay. But when it's wet, I, I, I was like, oh, do I stay in the ruts here or do I try and navigate around them or put like one wheel set of wheels in the middle of it, you know, and one side on the other. And, yeah. and I got into it. And as soon as I got into it, I was like, oh, this is, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get out of this thing. And I had to, I had to call someone. Ty I came out with his tractor and, right. and pulled me out of the pulled me out of the mud and you know when that happens everyone has a nice little laugh at your expense which right. that's okay you know I, I'd probably laugh at myself too or you know but my, I guess my point is it's it's okay don't don't be too embarrassed it happens to the best of us well I think it was right? that same uh, <laughs> mud pit that when Tony came out uh, Tony Khalil uh-huh. he came out with his brand new Toyota truck and we were heading out to the cabin to do some drone footage. Mm-hmm. And he was our videographer, and so I was I was driving because he was getting some stuff ready uh, in his passenger seat, and that same nasty, rutted up mud pit. You know, I went through. I had it in four wheel, and uh, or I can't. Maybe I didn't quite. Yeah, I thought I could just make it through because usually it's it's at least in the bottom of that is fairly. Uh, solid with some rock but anyway it was not i i got stuck and it just yeah. felt like this brand new <laughs> truck it wasn't like, even your truck right it wasn't even truck, mine yeah. and yeah. Uh, so yeah like you well, said you, you get a little taste of humble pie and uh and we can all take ribbon. comfort in the fact that that even brandon gets so, gets stuck every once in a while well, there you go. in his truck <laughs> with all of his man <laughs> skills um i actually uh wrote a poem about that incident I've shared it with a few people. I thought I'd share it on the pod here. <clears throat> I mean, if you can't share your own poetry on a podcast, then what's the point of having a podcast? Right? That was a lot of alliteration I mean, you just had. Let's right make there. some. Let's make some people force some share people listen to my poetry. On a podcast. What's the point? Yeah, that, that's almost a poem, and it's that's the that's, beginning of a poem that's what I'm in saying, itself. Man, um, this poem. This poem is called "Friends." <clears throat> Friends, and it's about that incident that I just described, but it could apply to any situation. We should all have friends with big red tractors, their wheels the size of men, and treads so large they leave marks in the mud, like Roman seals whose wet, melted wax declares to the world that here, here, in our moment of mess and failure and slick spinning tires that won't grab the ground, in this moment of self-doubt and fear that we won't get anywhere, there is someone we can call who knows what to do. That's good. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah, I read that around the 
campfire. I, think. I don't know if it was Cabin Week or something. And okay. Yeah. A yeah tribute maybe. to Ty Lewis and and friendship. Ty, Ty's gotten me out of a few jams over the years. Brandon's gotten <laughs> yeah. me over out of a few few jams. Matt Foster got yeah. me out of a jam once. Um, uh, I this is when I I had my truck. This I maybe a, a year or two, and yeah. I, I didn't grow up driving a truck or yeah. using a chainsaw or shooting a gun or anything. So a lot of these are skills I've acquired since a I've moved to the Ozarks. I've done a lot of moving truck <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I've done riders and yeah. things like that, dump trucks, but I haven't driven like pickup trucks and out in the country and mud and, and all that stuff. So I came down the driveway uh, here at Whetstone. If, if you've never been here, it's a pretty pretty steep little slope. You don't you don't really realize it when you drive it every day, but if, if it's ice, you mm. can slide right down that driveway and into the mailbox and into the <laughs> bank on the other side of the road. So I got into that situation and I just went plow right into the right into the bank, and I'm like, oh well, I got I got a four wheel drive truck, I can get out of this. Mm-hmm. So I, I you know I put in four wheel and I back up and spin in my tires and this is what's the point in having a four wheel truck? So I'm like, oh I got there's a four wheel low there's a four L on here I've never used that before. Yeah. So I'm like trying to get it into four L. Dumb truck. I bought a truck that doesn't have a four low and. <laughs> Matt saw me. I think he took took pity on me. He came out and showed me how to actually change it into four low. I'd never done it before, but you have to yeah you have to put it into neutral right, and then it'll slid into four wheel low. And then I had the torque and I got out. It was, it was no big deal. I was like, oh wow, that's that's amazing. But I had to have someone with the skills to show me how to how to get unstuck. Right, I guess is my and sometimes in the you're just not thinking. Clearly, no. You're frustrated you know, with you're yourself, frustrated and, and you're like, okay, everybody's mm-hmm. watching me, or you're embarrassed, and yeah. So you're just uh, you're not able to breathe and think normally in the in those situations. So yeah, that's a. Uh, I think how does how does that? Let's bring it back to working with us as parents and and teachers and counselors and kind of some of the stuff that we like to little tidbits of wisdom and mm-hmm. using the mud how um how does that relate axel to where we're at sometimes as parents or uh working with teenagers yeah. um how do we get stuck in the mud well you know the, the metaphor is not very clearly disguised here i mean it's it's just what what we've been talking about it's like don't get mad at yourself you know everyone gets stuck you don't need to make it worse by by getting down on yourself insulting yourself thinking you're such an idiot or you should know better i mean everyone gets stuck things happen you can't anticipate necessarily how your how your truck is gonna gonna spin or slide on the ice and it's just um matt used to use a phrase like making a bargain with chaos like if you, if you choose yeah, you... to drive on a road that's slick that has ice or mud then uh you're make you're you're gambling something's going to happen eventually and you're going to have to respond to it. And, you know, life is that way. Life is a bargain with chaos. We don't know what's going to happen. So that's, that's the first thing. Don't get down on yourself. Um, second thing is like, keep a cool head, like you said, and, and make the phone call, you know, phone a friend, uh, be humble and recognize that there are situations that require the help of, of your friends and of people who can have a different perspective. They're not wrapped up in your, in your drama and they might see more clearly that this is this is the path you need to take to get get out of this situation. I mean, those are two things, like really directly that that. Yeah, uh, when apply. I, I just think of the the metaphor of your tires spinning. You know, you just like are going. 
nowhere. And for just thinking about us as parents or myself as a parent and just seasons where, to be honest, I feel like just, I don't know if it's just the weather we've been talking about and at the first of the year and you, the progress on the house um, hasn't been happening very fast just because it's been brutal cold and muddy and they can't get in there and work. And Mm -hmm. same at the house, kids hadn't been going to school and um, there's kind of been, it's just kind of cabin fever. And then the first of the year, you know, we want to have all this New Year's resolutions or we want to have all this stuff that we figure out how to, you know, make, have these disciplines and be better and do all these things and try to start off on the right foot. And it just Mm -hmm. seems like we're stuck. It's just like as much as we want to be organized, at least for me personally, it's like I feel like I got so much stuff to try to organize. I don't know where to start. And then you just get stuck. And uh, we feel that sometimes too at the ranch where a boy's progress just seems, he just seems to get stuck. He, He comes in and Maybe he do, he does well starting out and, and really has kind of a good few weeks, but then something derails him and he just gets stuck in the mud. And I think all the boys, um, and including staff, I mean, it's just like we've said, we all have seasons of that. And um, I think what you had said is just the key to that is we got to have outside help. If you're stuck in the mud, you got to have a winch or you got to have a buddy with a tractor, or you got to have somebody with another truck to pull you out to get some traction. And so we got to be able to, to stop. First of all, stop spinning the wheels, right? Sometimes yeah. stop it's just digging like, a hole. that's the first step of being in a hole. <laughs> we got to quit digging. We're just like, mm-hmm. okay, we got to assess the situation and just figure out what's not working. And so I think we do that as a team when we're talking about our boys in the program with the staff meetings. It's like, okay, so-and-so is kind of stuck. Why is he not making progress? And we all kind of assess, well, in therapy, here's what some things he's dealing with. In school, here's where he's at. He's getting stuck on his math because he just really does not comprehend math very well or in the house he's not taking he's not his hygiene is kind of you know just whatever it is we assess maybe some of these pinch points and try to figure out why and give them that extra help yeah and and so the other part of that is accepting it right yeah yeah and and some some people like to be in the mud that's all they know yeah that's all they know or they they wallow in it and uh, like a pig a pig is mighty comfortable in the mud. Um, but you can't stay in the mud forever. You know, even a pig has got to get out and dry off sometimes in the hay and you got to have some, some dry hay to throw in there. So otherwise it's going to get, you know, some kind of rot, some kind of infection, some kind of disease. And, um, so, and you also, I think have to be willing to get down in the mud with someone to help them out. Like if you're going to help someone who's stuck, it, it means, you could get splattered with mud. I mean, that's happened to me before when those those tires oh, get to yeah. spin and it goes up in your face and your your outfit's probably going to get a little messy and uh, you, you got to be prepared for that that kind of thing. So, you know, from that from the other side of things, like if if I'm not the one who's stuck in the mud, I'm I'm helping out someone who's in the mud. Then just know that that comes with the territory, right? You're going to get splattered with some of 
their circumstance, and it's nothing personal. They're just trying to survive. They're just trying to get out of that rut. And you just happen to be there helping them, and you took some of the collateral damage, as we say. Right. But at the end of the day, what is it? It's just mud. Right. I mean, it washes it's white off. Mud. <laughs> yeah, like like the scene in Tommy Boy. You want to? Is it Tommy Boy? Yeah, Tommy Boy, where uh, they go cow tipping. Yeah, he's, he's got a new a new brother. <laughs> David <Brothers>. Spade. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it's Rob Lowe. Oh, that's actually. right. That's right. Uh, yeah. It's like I can't believe you've never been cow tipping before, man. It's like this isn't ever strike you as dumb. <laughs> He's like, man, we're brothers now. We're going to be doing all kinds of dumb stuff. <laughs> we're family. Yeah. So yeah, they just uh, he does the thirty-two belly option on that uh, cow in the pasture mm-hmm. and slips on a bunch of mud <laughs> and then just yeah. goes splat face, face first, flat. and then uh, then the landowner comes out and like shoots a shotgun, and then like the whole herd stampedes, and then they all just get completely yeah. uh, annihilated with mud and. Then the next scene's at the gas station when he's like squirting him and he's dancing. I'm a maniac, I'm a maniac. maniac. Yeah, and he's so, classic. Yeah, you can. But the point is, you can get cleaned off. Like he he wasn't in mud, you know, for the rest of the movie. I mean, he got somewhere in between there. At least in that scene with Rob Lowe, he starts squirting him with gasoline. Don't don't try and clean yourself off with gasoline. Number one, yeah, not a good idea. Bad advice. But you know, it, it, get some water, get some soap. Um, take a, take a little soak. Uh, you'll be all right. You'll get You'll get over that, that mud. Um, yeah, I think the, uh, just, we have a couple of scripture verses that we've pulled out to kind of talk about this as well. But as we're talking about just getting in the mud, I'm thinking from a spiritual perspective, I mean, that's just, we look at the life of Paul mm-hmm. and, um, once he, was converted and, and, and saw the light and was blinded and uh, and really God really called him to to just be in the mud with um, with his ministry. I mean, he mm-hmm. was he had to. I mean, he said, "I will show you how much you must suffer for my name um, based on what you've done." And and to Paul's credit, I mean, he was he's like, "Look, this is uh, this is who I was, and this is now who I am." And all of his, um, you know, disciples around him or people working with him in his ministry um, were just like, a lot of times the Jews were trying to kill him everywhere he was going. He's like, no, don't do this. Don't go here because these people are trying to kill you. And he's like, look, this is just, this is, this is what I'm doing. This is who I am. This is what God called me to do. If I have to die, I'm ready to die, you know? And so I think that's, the point is just the muddiness and and in, in ministry is I think really God calls us to get down and and dirty with uh, where the hurt is. That's where Jesus is, and we see that in our families. We see that here at Whetstone, and so we can't be afraid to get muddy. And uh, yeah, we, we want the life of ease. We want we want that. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's not really I think where Jesus is. No. And Paul describes himself as the chief of sinners, and I think yeah. he identified with people who who were in that situation because he he felt like he had been about as low as you could possibly go as a human being, and he didn't live his life in that spot and you know suffer uh, from abuse self abuse and and all that stuff. Go down that road. Uh, he he was able to see himself in a new light, transformed by the renewing of his mind and washed in the blood. 
Yeah. And um, so that's, yeah, that's a, a point to recognize is we can't be uh, afraid to, to get mud on our hands or mud on our tires to make a reference yeah. to a Brad Paisley song. Brad Paisley. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's, read, uh, let's read a couple verses uh, here that the Bible uses in relation to mud. I'm going to read from Psalm 40. Uh, this is a Psalm of David, and verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. So I mean that I mean that says it all. It's like we we find ourselves in this situ- in this in the mud frequently because we're we're not perfect. We make a lot of mistakes. And when we when we get in that situation, we oftentimes turn to things that we think are going to help us that really don't. Yeah. We could list all of the things that people get addicted to, all of the the incorrect uh, you know, twisted thinking that people get into. But ultimately, you have to have something that's going to pull you out of that, like like that wench you talked about. We had a, uh, you know, you, you got to tie it to a tree on the side of the road. You got you to gotta get a, a tow truck that's got some type of device to keep it stationary and keep from sliding into the situation. Because that can happen. You can right. go to help someone else out, especially if you have a, a history that's similar to theirs right. addiction. You can have all the best intentions and end up right back in the mud with that person. So be careful who you turn to. We talked about talking to your friends, but if you're in a situation where your friends are the ones who are responsible for getting you into that mud, then you need to think twice about calling calling those people. Yeah, that's a big thing. I think we coach the boys on when they go home is who your who were your friends before you came here and really assessing who's going to be your friends or at least ones that will help you succeed when you go back, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's a uh, very, for all of us, we become who we hang out with. And so uh, it's important for us as, uh, as kids in school and as we get older and adults and having just uh, surrounding ourselves with the right people, uh, solid people that are rooted to have those lifelines that we're talking about when we all get mm-hmm. stuck in the mud. I love in that Psalms 40, what you just read, uh, he put a new song in my mouth is what stuck out to me is just that, that relief we feel when we kind of get on the other side of that mud pit or we finally, or we get the help we need and uh, we learn from that. Right. I mean, it's we kind of assess the situation is like man i'm not going to do that again or i'm going to be a little more cautious going into this situation next time but just the relief that we feel when we've kind of been rescued out of that or that we've learned through that thing i think when we have those situations with our kids when we have something come up that we're stuck in the mud or our son is stuck in the mud and we help them through that and we really have some hard but good conversations through a specific uh, set of events that happened in the home, uh, man, we, we grow from that. We have a different perspective. We have a new song 
as it says, or, you know, and that's kind of how our faith is built mm. as well in those hard times. Yeah. So what's yeah. what's the other one we got here? Psalm sixty nine. Well, before we get to that one, I had one other one other thing. Okay. What you said reminded me of a poem. I forget the name of the poem, but it's it's pretty popular. You may have heard of it, but it's it's called the the alley or the path or the pit or something like that. And it, it's it's a short poem. It's like three or four stanzas, but it's like stanza one, or, or I think it even says chapter one. I walked down an alleyway. There was a hole. I fell into it. Right. Chapter two, I went down an alleyway, there was a hole, I tried to walk around it, but I fell in anyways. Chapter three, I walked down an alleyway, there was a pit, I tried to jump over it. I didn't measure correctly, I fell in the hole. Chapter four, I went down a different alleyway, right? So a lot of times we, we can see the writing on the wall with the choices that we're making. You're like, oh, I, this this looks familiar. I think I may have done been here and done that, but... You know, I'm going I'm to go ahead and give it a shot, and, and maybe it'll turn out differently this time. Well, if you know there's a, a muddy pit right in your way, you don't have to go through the muddy pit, right? So that was just another point that occurred to me is you know, sometimes you don't need to go through the mud. Stay away from the mud. Go the other way. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you, you said uh, the next right. psalm. Yeah, Psalm 69. But I pray to you, Lord... In the time of your favor, in your great love, O God, answer me with your sure salvation. Rescue me from the mire. Do not let me sink. Deliver me from those who hate me, from the deep waters. Do not let the floors, do not let the flood waters engulf me, or the depths swallow me up, or the pit close its mouth over me. Ooh. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, pretty strong words there. Mm-hmm. Kind of almost, it's like Jonah-ish, like this, this mouth that that pit that mud is like a mouth of a monster that's coming up to to swallow you, eat you, you know, eat you whole. Yeah. 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 It's like I just thinking about again out here with the construction and just how much you gotta. It just makes everything so much harder, you know, mm-hmm. and. The cold and the mud and the wet and just sometimes the despair that we feel, you know, that's just a lot of times where um, as we enter different seasons with our, our sons and our daughters, like we don't feel like we have what it takes to get out of that or we can't see out of that. You know, maybe mm-hmm. the, the mud has blinded our eyes um, based on the situation. And um, I think... Really, the the key is just to know that it, it it's not always going to be that way, right? We talk about that a lot. Yeah. Is just when we get in these situations, things dry out like eventually. things, the sun will come. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're supposed to have fifty degrees and sunny. Yeah. Um, and how good is that going to feel? You know, so it's just I guess it's the hope mm-hmm. um, that we're talking about is, uh, and that hope comes through Christ and our identity in Christ and knowing that uh, let's not rush through. Nobody likes the mud, but at the same time, I don't think we need to wish that away all the time. It's like, let's live in the moment no. of what can this mud teach us? What can we learn? What what conversations is this forcing us to have maybe that uh, we haven't had before? And I think that's what these situations do as as we look at 
uh, working with with teenagers, working with our our sons and our daughters, and, and just going through tough seasons together. That those could be very intentional seasons that God has purposely placed us in in order to grow us and to prepare us to kind of what the next what He's got for all of us. Yeah, it's like yesterday we had a we did our run. Our, oh yeah, a couple times a week we run two to three miles. Well, yesterday it was um, it's been super cold, so we've canceled the run because the wind chill's been just dangerously cold. Yeah. So that, those only times we cancel if it's like really really cold or really really hot and humid, or if there's lightning. But we run through all kinds of weather. So yesterday it was like 41 degrees, not too cold. There was there was a drizzle, but the wind chill wasn't super cold. It wasn't windy, and the boys were you know a, a new guys are always like appalled that we would that we would run in the rain. Right. Or if there's mud, it's like, are, are you kidding me, Mr. Limina? Really? We're going to run? We're going to get like, wet. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's just rain. I mean, they're, just, they're not going to melt. It's not going to hurt you. So this current group of guys are actually pretty good. Uh, yeah. I don't have any guys that, that really fight me with the run. Um, and so, but they still had to, you know, it's obligatory to ask, are we going to cancel the run? There's always a part of them in the back of their mind that's like, well, maybe Mr. Limito is going to yeah. cancel. I, I, I'd never, I hardly ever cancel. I actually enjoy <laughs> the nastier the weather we can run in the better because right. it teaches you so much about yourself yeah, to, to push you. through through something. And I almost feel like I'm like training for Navy SEALs or like I'm in the right. army or I'm doing something extreme and, uh, it really gets my motor running a little bit. I don't know if I get a little more testosterone or yeah. uh, to get do something tough. Going. Yeah, and then to do it as a group, and and we were all slogging through the mud, and our sh- our shoes got muddy, our socks were sopping wet. Oh yeah, when they came in, I couldn't even like the whole back of all their legs were just like uh, just caked in mud. Yeah, was, yeah. But at the end good. of the day, it was it was kind of a team building camaraderie building experience where we all thought, wow, we went through that together. You know, none of us. Yeah. chickened out none of us mm-hmm. tried to weasel out of it and uh there everyone was in a like a good mood even though we were covered with mud so there's there's good mud and there's bad mud i think that's what we're saying we've talked about a different a lot of different types of mud uh, yeah. but sometimes you can't be afraid of the mud um i'm also reminded of, of world war ii i'm reading a book about the rise and fall of nazi germany and uh that was one of the problems that that hitler had thankfully but <laughs> he decided he wanted to invade russia and uh, Russia's a big place, and he didn't time it properly. And they got out there during the muddy, stormy, cold time of year, mm-hmm. and they couldn't move their equipment. Right. Those tanks and those those jeeps and everything, they were just constantly trying to dig themselves out of the mud and, you know, sitting ducks. And the, the Russians, they know how to move in, in that type of weather and those type of situations. So it just decimated their army. You know, millions of soldiers were just slaughtered because of just the bad calculation of thinking that we were going to be able to get this done in time and, and be able to operate under these conditions. Didn't account for the mud. No, not at all. No. That's how the Alaskan highway was. Mm. Right? They called it muskeg up there, though. It's like this organic-y, nasty, muddy, just soft mm-hmm. stuff that, you know, they build in the Alaskan highway trying to build that road through yep. all of that country. And they had to, like cut all these trees down and stack them like cordwood, like 10, 15 feet high of just trees to kind of create a base enough in this muskeg yeah. to where they could get some kind of 
base for a road, you know, yeah. to to get equipment across. And so it was pretty impressive the human ingenuity. Of, yeah, when when people decide they want to do something, right. what what they can overcome, you know. And I think that's true in therapy too. No matter what has happened in your past, there's there's a way through it. There's a way around it. There's a way to survive it. And um, at the end of the day, you just you have to have the hope, and you have to have the desire. And you have to have the the expertise of people who know how to do stuff like that. Like that's not a skill that you just kind of can acquire all by yourself. Yeah. What you're talking about building a road through the Alaskan Highway. So. And you got to have the gumption just to go yeah. through it. Yeah. Show up and do it. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of it. Yeah. Well, um, we're gonna. I think we need to wrap this up. I gotta. I gotta be somewhere. I gotta. Jeremy's expecting me. Jeremy likes to be on time. <laughs> And uh, I'm not the best at being on time, so that's that's not always the best combination. Oh, man. But uh, I'd, I'd like to leave us kind of with the thought about the the blind man that Jesus healed. Do you oh, remember yeah. how he? You remember how I healed him? Yeah, it he popped spit. up in my internet research about yeah, mud. Made mud by spit. Yeah, and rubbed it on his eyes. Yeah, he spit into the mud, saliva and mud. Yeah, and he was he wiped it on the guy's eyes, and he was healed. So. I think that's a lesson to us that God can use mud. He can use anything. He can use bad stuff. He can use messy stuff. But at the end of the day, he's in charge of it all. And he can bring healing and hope and life to to us all. We're all blind. You know, we all have those things that we're not capable of of seeing without, without his help. So we need to remember that. Stay plugged into the source. That's right. That's right. All right, right, Brandon. Um... Get a little mud on your tires this week. Yeah, and, done. Uh, enjoy <laughs> some adventures. Whatever, whatever the mud has in store for us, we're gonna we're gonna face it with courage and yeah. togetherness. Feel free to call me if you get stuck. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll call Ty <laughs> if, <laughs> if that happens. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll talk All to you right. next time. All right. Thanks for care. listening to a time to sharpen. Uh, sorry, I, I got to do one little thing here at the Uh-oh. end. We forgot to mention Tom. Oh, Tom Brown. We forgot to mention Thomas Brown at the end of our podcast last time. I'll never get over it as long as I live. Yeah, we had Thomas over for dinner last night. We had a good long oh, talk. Really? Yeah, good long talk nice. about, about all kinds of wide ranging, a wide ranging discussion about a variety of topics. I'll just, I'll true. leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Let the audience uh, surmise what that was about. Yep. Yep, love picking Tom's brains about all kinds of things, and uh, we'll have him. We'll have him back again on this podcast sometime to to talk about some of that stuff. Oh, really? <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right, Brandon. Good. We'll catch you next time. Bye. See ya. Whetstone Boys Ranch is a therapeutic boarding school located in the scenic Ozarks of Southern Missouri. It was founded in 2011 to serve families from around the country who are struggling with challenging behaviors from their 12 to 16-year-old sons. Our mission is to sharpen the character of young men. Please visit whetstoneboysranch.com if you want to learn more about our program or about how to contact us for help. Thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time on A Time to Sharpen.